Welcome to Bethlehem Church Online. I'm Pastor Matt. I'm so excited that you decided to join us for worship today. I hope the singing and preaching of God's Word is uplifting and it gives you just what you need. I'm not sure where you are in your relationship or your walk with the Lord, uh, but I want today to be a blessing. I want you to have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And so we pray that today is encouraging and that it's just what you need. If it's your first time, make sure to click the link in the post and fill out that form. We have a free gift for you following today's service. Thank you so much for joining us and enjoy the service. Take your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 11. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 11. And, oh, I got one. Cool. Hebrews chapter 11. I forgot to announce this in the uh, 9 a.m., but I'll tell you now. We, we got word, I got word last night that the uh, fire department approved a discussion, a, a exploration of lease terms with us. So that is huge. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really good. Because um, <laughs> we, you know, we need a place to go. Uh, look, there are so many, thank you, there are so many things. Uh, Mo and I were talking about it last night. Um, I was out late, and uh, my son and I, we did a little uh, small repair together. And one of the things, uh, one of my New Year's things was taking small repairs on that I can do with him. And not necessarily, I mean, and it, it is, it's good to, to do side jobs in general financially, but um, with the business, a lot of times I pass those up because, you know, I hand the work off to my crews and don't necessarily have the time, but we're setting aside specific intentional time, him and I. And it was interesting about how you'd think it would be with my seven-year-old, <laughs> but we, we had a good time. And uh, uh, nonetheless, I was driving back from, from that last night and was chatting with, with Mo just about today and some of the things for tonight. And it's just like, we should stop and write the things down this week, all of the things that the Lord has done. It's not like, it's not any one thing. It is the flow of things, the culmination of, and where we think we're headed this way. And he's like, I needed you to head there in three categories, but not all of them. And then it's like, you're going to go this way, and then you're going to go back this way. And it's like, looking back, he has led us. Uh, and man, I believe that we are walking into one of the coolest things that I felt like was so out of our reach, which is a good sign. Um, that's a faith sign, right? When you can't necessarily do it, you can't necessarily afford it, right? And you have to just hand it over. Uh, that's, that's what's happening. So anyway, um, we'll have more details for you as we actually sit down and come to terms. And if you could just be in prayer, add that to your list. If you're going through prayer and fasting, you know, that the Lord will give us wisdom and that the deal will be right. Um, but I am, I'm beside myself. I'm so excited about what the Lord is doing and envision the possibilities. They are, there's a lot of them, uh, a lot of them. So we're, we're excited about that. Please be in prayer um, just for wisdom and that the Lord will, will give us and continue to give us direction. Hebrews chapter 11. Last week was, uh, man, last week was a little intense. Some of you even told me that. <laughs> You're like, that was a little intense. Um, it's good for us. Amen? Uh, look, we, that's one of the advantages that we have to just walking through a passage 
and starting at the beginning and working our way through as we can kind of really get a feel for the author and the intent of the passage. And I feel like last week it was like the culmination of the switch between the Old Testament and the priesthood and the tabernacle and how, right, it all serves a purpose and it had a purpose. It pointed to, all right, let's, uh, there we go, keep it down. You got you to rein in those sound guys. They just, you know, they think they're back there in a booth with no, plex, you know, they think they're in a booth with plexiglass, like you guys can't hear them. But they take a lot of stuff, so anyway, they just need a reminder every now and then. I think Stephen almost fell out the window this morning. I don't know what happened back there. But anyway, um, the, Ryan really liked that one. Uh, nonetheless, um, really get a feel for the, the text as we walk through this. And Hebrews, like think about the name, right? The, the Old Testament, the, the old garb, the old way, if you will, leading us into the new covenant. And he's done such a good job at drawing lines of, of comparison that should make us feel like we have the better end of the bargain. We have the better system. Um, Jesus is so much better than Moses. Jesus in his priesthood ministry, is this too loud for y'all? You sure? Okay. Let's, maybe it's the stage monitor, Steve, if you want to pull bus one and bus two down. Um, if we think about Jesus and the order of Melchizedek, it's so much greater than the Levitical priesthood uh, with Aaron's sons. And he, and he makes those comparisons, and we come out on the other, and we're like, yeah, that's right. We, we have access to the throne room. If you thought the Holy of Holies was, you know, was something that should be reverenced and only one high priest, we have a great high priest that's working in the throne room in a better place, right? What, what we would call heaven, heaven eventually coming to earth, and, and he is operating in his priestly ministry all the time. It's so much better, so much greater, but has it reflected in a better life? Has it reflected in a more righteous and holy life? And that's kind of what what the author is calling our attention to. And if it's not, then it's all for naught. If it doesn't produce, if the greater priesthood, the greater priestly ministry doesn't produce a change, doesn't produce something that is useful as it pertains to the gospel, then what are we doing here? Are we just playing church? Is that what we're doing? And I'm afraid we are. And on so many levels, we, there's, there's little indicators, right, that the author is giving us along the way to, to see if we're playing games. And last week was, hey, we're to be faithful, not sinful. And if you're living in willful, continual sin, that's a problem. Um, so if you weren't here, go back and listen to the message. But if you were here and you're continu- continuing to build on that, there's a little springboard at the end of chapter 10. Uh, let's see here, verse, verse 37, if you, look, if you have your Bibles open, and I'm going to be bouncing around on things that are not on the screen um, and that just happened this morning, so uh, sorry, not sorry, but if, you, if that's a good reason to bring your Bibles or have it available on your phone, because uh, sometimes I pivot. But verse 37, for yet in a very little while, the coming one will come and not delay. Look, the Lord is coming back. I'll say that again, the Lord is coming back. <laughs> Amen. Amen. A few of you are excited about it. The rest of you are still living in sin. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> verse 38, but my righteous one will live by faith. So, so this is the, the turn, right? Hey, get out of your willful sin. Repent. Don't, do, don't go on sinning deliberately. Do you understand what you have available to you? Do you understand uh, the, the priestly ministry in the throne room? Access that thing. Go in boldness, not because of your goodness, 
not because of your eloquence, not because of fill in the blank of what you did, but because of what Jesus did. We say two words at Bethlehem. Anybody know what they are? Right, and we walk into that, and if that's the case, we ought to be able to, to confess and repent. We ought to be able to walk in his grace. Why? Because he is good, right? And so this thing of faith, uh, the springboard chapter 10 into chapter 11, we have the hall of faith is what many call it. Um, and it's just, it's almost like a good story, standalone for us to read and be encouraged. Uh, and I wasn't going to do it, uh, and then I changed my mind this morning, and then I read it. So I want to read it with you. Um, and if you have, like I said, your, your phone or, um, or your Bibles, and if not, just listen to this. It is a, it's a testimony. That's what it is. A testimony. And what, what you're going to see is these people are imperfect. They struggle. They had sins, open sins, <laughs> open issues. Uh, some of the things that you and I, if we knew someone did that, we'd probably be like, man, I want to love them in Jesus, but I don't know if I'd have them over for dinner. You know what I'm saying? I have both my eyes open when it came time to pray, because I'd be scared. I mean, that's, that's kind of what you're, what you're looking at here. But anyway, I found it encouraging. Verse number one of chapter 11. Now faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. Now we're going to, I'll stop along the way a little bit, just to kind of bring your attention to some of the things that stood out to me. For by this, our ancestors were, what's the next word? Oh, were you able to get it in there? Oh, thank you. All right, so it'll be on the screen. Uh, for by it, for by this, sometimes the KJV is coming out. Our ancestors were, what's the next word? Approved. Everybody turn to your neighbor and say approved. approved. Turn to your neighbor and say denied. Just kidding. They were approved by it. Verse number three. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. So all of you that are like TikTok stars out there that are like, oh, the universe just gave it to me. It's not true. <laughs> I don't even know what that is, right? Uh, the universe will send it. Okay, we need to send something else. Uh, okay, moving on. Verse four. By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain. Everybody say more better. <laughs> By faith, he was approved. Do you see that word again? By faith, he was what? Approved as a righteous man because God what? His gifts. And though he is dead, he still speaks through his faith. By faith, Enoch was taken away, uh, so he did not experience death. He was not to be found because God took him away. For before he was taken away, he was what? Are you picking up on something? As one who pleased God. Now without faith, it is impossible to please God. Since the one who draws near him, uh, near to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards. So if you have faith and you're drawing near to the, to the Lord, uh, you got to believe that God is and that God is the one who gives the rewards. Do you see it? Verse 7. By faith Noah, after he was warned about what was not yet seen and motivated by godly fear, built an ark to deliver his family. By faith he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed and set out for a place that he was going to receive as an inheritance. He went out, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he stayed as a foreigner in the land of promise, living in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, co-heirs of the same promise. A lot of promise going on. A lot of foundations happening. Do you see that? A lot of approval, right? 
Do you see it? Verse 10. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Somebody say amen. amen. By faith, even Sarah herself, when she was unable to have children, received power to conceive offspring, even though she was past the age, since she considered that the one who had promised was faithful. Therefore, from one man, in fact, from one as good as dead, came offspring, as numerous as the stars of the sky. That's kind of funny the way you worded that. And as innumerable as the grain of sand along the seashore. These also died in faith. They, all, they had not received the things that were promised, promised, foundations, promises. Do you see it? But they saw them from a distance, greeted them, confessed that they were foreigners and temporary residents of the earth. Now those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they were thinking about where they came from, they would have had an opportunity to return. But they now desire a what? A better place, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has pre prepared a city for them. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered Isaac. He received the promise, and yet he was offering, uh, he, he was offering his one and only son. So there's promises. Do you see it? Again, promises, foundations. And one of the promises that basically needed Isaac to be fulfilled, I love, another thing I think is cool about this chapter is it's like the behind the scenes of the Old Testament story. Are you seeing it? You feeling it? We get the inside look to who much is given. Uh-huh. Maybe some of y'all need to plug your ears. Just kidding. Receive it. Receive it today. Promises. Foundations. By faith, Abraham, the one to whom it had been said, verse 18, your offspring will be traced through Isaac. He considered God to be able to even raise someone from the dead. Remember when we went through that text? It was a few months back. And we were like, hey, the implication here is that Abraham believed that if he took Isaac's life, that God was going to what? Raise him from the dead. Therefore, he received him back, figuratively speaking. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of his sons of Joseph, and he worshiped, leaning on top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, as he was nearing the end of his life, mentioned the exodus of the Israelites and gave instructions concerning his bones. I say we go on a nat uh, national treasure search right now. What do you think? Let's go find the, the grave. That would be fun. Y'all want to go on these, like, church trips over there and get baptized in the Jordan for who knows what. We got a baptistry right there. I want to go find the bones. You know what I'm saying? Let's go over there and get into something. Just kidding. All that was a lie. Every bit of it. <laughs> By faith, Moses, I don't even want to travel. I'm doing good to make it eight minutes from here to there. You know what I mean? I don't want to leave. Oh, my goodness. By faith, Moses, after he was born, was hidden by his parents for three months because they saw that the child was beautiful and they didn't fear the king's edict. There's some really good stuff that's just keen in on this. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter and chose to suffer with the people of God rather than enjoy the fleeting pleasure of sin. For he considered reproach for the sake of Christ to be greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, since he was looking ahead to the reward. Some of y'all got to look up. You got to look up. You need to understand that the choice that you're making is to receive your reward now instead of the greater reward that the Lord has. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his, and his righteousness. Let's keep going, keep moving. By faith he left Egypt behind, not being afraid of the king's anger. 
For Moses persevered as one who sees him who is invisible. By faith he instituted the Passover, the sprinkling of the blood, so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch the Israelites. By faith they crossed the Red Sea. As, as though they were on dry land. And when the Egyptians attempted to do this, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after being marched around by the Israelites for seven days. By faith, Rahab, the prostitute, welcomed the spies in peace and didn't perish with those who disobeyed. And what more can I say? Time is too short for me to tell you about Gideon and Barak or Barak or however you say it. Obama right here in the text. Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets who by faith conquered kingdoms and ministered ju- justice obtained promises, shut the mouth of lions, quenched the raging uh, raging of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, gained strength and weakness, became mighty in battle, and put foreign armies to flight. Somebody say amen. Amen. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Other people were tortured, not accepting religion. Did I say something wrong? Sorry. So that they might gain a better resurrection. Others experienced mockings, scourgings, as well as bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They died by the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, afflicted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. No, it wasn't. They were wandering in deserts and in mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. All these were approved. Somebody say approved. Through their faith. But they did not receive what is promised. Since God had providing, since God had provided something better for us so that they would not be made perfect without us. What an amazing chapter. What an amazing insight to those that have gone before us as it pertains to this thing of faith. Faith. The Greek word, pistis, the Hebrew equivalent, there it is. (laughs) An oath, a belief, strong confidence in, trust, reliance upon someone or something. Often with the object of trust understood. Boldness, confidence, faith. This is what we talk about often. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. Therefore, since the promise to enter his rest remains, let us beware that none of you be found to have fallen short, fallen away. For we also have received the good news just as they did, but the message they heard did not benefit them since they were not united with those who heard it in faith. For we who have believed enter the rest in keeping with what he has said. So I swore in my anger they will not enter my rest. Even though his work, even though his works have been finished since the foundation of the world. Look, we have this thing of faith, of trust. There is a a connection. We have this word promises over and over and over again. Foundations that have been laid. We understand the inheritance that the book of Hebrews talks about. There is a place where the the throne room, the active place, it's no longer in a tabernacle that gets moved around. We can collectively gather and there's something happening that is unifying us internally to something external, to a world far, far away or maybe not so far, far away. There's a connection to it and this is our faith. And this faith connects us to something, that inheritance, that son and daughtership right? That family atmosphere that we have with the Lord and that will come one day, our faith will become sight. One day, the hope will be revealed. One day, the coming one, the springboard into this chapter, if we think about it, uh, verse 37, before it says the righteous one will live by faith for yet a little while, the coming one will come and not delay. 
We should have an understanding that what we're doing, what we're talking about is connected to something. I feel like it's just become too cliche. I'm a person of faith. I'm faithful, yeah. To what? Your ministry? To your volunteer position? All those are good, but are we deeply entrenched and connected to the source of this faith? Because from what I'm seeing, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, think about Moses' life. And I mean, we've walked through that story before, but I mean, you have a guy who was neither at that point uh, an Egyptian or a Hebrew. He internally had a problem with what was happening to the Hebrews, but when he went and avenged them, they were like, dude, what are you doing, you Egyptian? Because that's where he grew up. That's what he looked like, but he knew he wasn't like that. He knew he was of a different order. He knew that the pleasures of Egypt had no end. Egypt uh, being in a low-lying place, coming out of the Red Sea into what would be the promised land, they had to leave death. Moses saw Egypt as a dead end. He knew that if he stayed there, if he entrenched himself in the pleasures of Egypt, once Egypt was done, he would be done. But what we are talking about is a kingdom that never ends. Whatever empire you look at that rolls on and on, right? And, and, and if one dies, the next day another one's going to be. You have to tether yourself, and there's a way to do that scripturally so that you are a part of something eternal and not temporal. And Moses was like, I know what I have to do. It's better for me to bear, and I love, I love what the author of Hebrews does. It's the reproach of Christ back then. Even in his timing, even in his uh, year, in his situation, the Lord still identified it as bearing the reproach of Christ. That's amazing. It's always been the gospel. When we make a decision to move in faith, we are making a decision already to move on a foundation that has been laid for all eternity. We're contributing to the same thing. And the other greater, bigger thing that I think is amazing about that, I, I don't, I'm just... Ryan, I have no idea. I'm just riffing. I'll get there at some point. Um, the, other, the other thing is, is seeing that the very end of chapter 11 where, if you look at it, this is so interesting. We'll, we'll revisit this. All of those were approved through their faith, but they did not receive what is promised. Everybody who has made a choice to move forward in faith, if they have passed on, they're waiting. The Lord is waiting until all of us have moved to that place where he comes back and his kingdom is established, and then we all are glorified together. Wait Moses is waiting. Moses didn't get something that you aren't going to get. Uh, he didn't get it before you. He's going to get it when you get it. We're all going to get it at the same time. And so we all should be seeing what we're doing as being connected to what Moses did, what Abraham did, what Isaac did, what David did, what the judges did. I just feel like it's 2024 and I feel disconnected. Lord, why? Why do you feel that way? The author of Hebrews is telling us we should be intimately connected with what the Lord is doing and with what he's been doing all the way through history. That's amazing if you think about it. The enemy tries to isolate us, doesn't he? tries to make us think that it's just us. We're going we're gonna to talk about we're going to talk about faith hopefully on a deeper, more intimate level. And honestly like it's a thought exercise that you might not be able to get there. This might just be a, you know an intro to that for you like where you're like I'm not, I'm not quite tracking with what he's saying and sometimes I feel like I don't know really what I'm saying. Uh, I feel it and I know the Lord's doing it. 
and the text is there. Um, but after you've spent time meditating on the scripture, and the Lord starts to move, sometimes you can't really explain it. Um, but I, I want to introduce to you uh, kind of a deeper thought as it pertains to faith, and then we're going to land with a, a specific doctrine that I feel like is connected and lost today. Um, we've got a lot of work to do, okay? Amen. <laughs> we already read chapter 4, verse 1 through 3. Let's jump into Hebrews 6, 1. Hebrews 6, 1. Therefore, let us leave the elementary teaching about Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation. I just went back through Hebrews through our study and just want to draw your attention to the fact that foundations, promises, these words have been used all the way through. And it's not, you know, let's move on to the, the deeper understanding of where the Lord is leading us, and we don't need to reinvent the wheel here, right? Hebrews eleven six. now without faith it is impossible to please God, since the one who draws near to him must believe that he, what, exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Hebrews eleven seventeen through 19, by faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered Isaac, received the what? Promises. And yet he was offering his one and only son, the one to whom had been said, your offspring will be traced through Isaac. He considered God to be able to raise someone from the dead. Therefore, he received him back, figuratively speaking, the promises that Abraham was focused on. Verse 29 of chapter 11, by faith they crossed the Red Sea. By faith, they crossed the Red Sea as though they were on dry land. When the Egyptians attempted to do this, they were drowned. There is the way of the righteous, and there is the way of the wicked. Habakkuk 2.4, look, his ego is inflated. He is without integrity. The righteous one will live by what? By faith. If you exhibit faith, you are considered to be righteous. If you exhibit faith, you are considered to be righteous. The two are connected. But I think there's a fine line between us exhibiting faith and righteousness and us inflating our ego. And that's where, like, you know, I, I, I feel like that's where we have to address the problems of the church. And I think this is, like, a prime example of the Pharisees, Right? I mean, Jesus was like, on the outside, y'all look great. But on the inside, you're dead. There's nothing alive. <laughs> 2024, it's like, you have literally the t-shirt that says faith. <laughs> I'm a Christian. I don't know, whatever. It's like, you literally, people personify that. But to what point is it? And I'm not, you know, if you're a Christian influencer or whatever, we need you, I guess, maybe. <laughs> no, we, we need people promoting Jesus, right? But we all know that there's a fine line between, and we've seen it, where people were promoting Jesus for years, and then all of a sudden, it's like, where'd they go? And we've talked about this, the enduring quality of faith, right? But the fine line is sometimes you get attention, and here's where we're, here's where we're getting you get attention for being a righteous person, having good works, and then you receive the approval that you need. It's similar to the talk about, like, uh, what was it, fasting, like we're fasting now. We're doing collective fast, but, like, sometimes the Lord leads us to do private things. And if the Lord leads us to do something private, and he, like, tells me, hey, do this private thing, if I tell someone that I'm doing it, Scripture says they, 
that is your reward. Your reward is that somebody knows you're being spiritual. Whereas if I keep the private thing that the Lord led me to do private, then my reward is with who? Him. This is a prime example of what is happening with faith. What's happening with faith is we're like, yes, I'm so faithful, but we have private life, or like last week, we have sin in our lives. There's evidences that we are actually doing it for the show, and what I'm saying is, is a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof is not getting you anywhere. It is not deepening or enriching your faith, and Habakkuk says, look, the ego is inflated. He is without integrity. The righteous one will live by faith, so what we could do is, is say the reverse is true. Humility is where it's at. Humility is the place where faith can grow. Why? Because you're building on something that somebody else has already done. And as soon as you assume the role as the one who has built it and the one who's making it happen, you're not walking by faith. But this thing of approval, that word, did you see it? It was like uh, verse 2 right out of the gate. For by this faith, our ancestors were approved. And then it was like Abel did this thing and he was approved right? Enoch did this thing and he was, all of them were approved by their faith. Interesting, right? Let's read uh, a few more. I think I have one more. No, no, no. That's it. Let's, let's read verse three and four. Is that where you're at? Yeah, yeah. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was made uh, from things that are invisible. Verse four, by faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain. By faith, he was approved as a righteous man. Because God approved his gifts, even though he is dead. He still speaks through his faith. Look, I'm going to read this to you, and then we'll, we'll chat for a minute. But approval comes through faith. Say it with me. Approval comes through faith. And we are a people that seeks approval. If you don't think you seek approval, you're lying to yourself. You seek approval. Everybody does. There's a reason. We don't have all the specifics regarding the Lord's accepting Abel's offering and rejecting Cain's. But what we do see is Abel offering, uh, is Abel offered his through faith. The end result in his was accepted. The end result is his was accepted and Cain was, Cain's was rejected. One element that I do see is that Abel's offering is of the firstborn and Cain's offering was just of a portion. One undeniable, and that's in Genesis chapter 4, if you read that, it specifically says it. Um, one undeniable element, right? His, uh, one undeniable element of faith is the first part that you step out into and leave the rest to the Lord. If approval comes through faith and a great faith exercise is to lead with faith, then what is the next thing that you can have faith in and give the first part to the Lord? Have you thought about it? I also think about areas that we seek approval in before thinking as believers, how can I have faith? And then you will receive the approval as a byproduct. Y'all stay. Y'all are going to miss it. Sit down. Where are you going? This is good stuff. This is, this is good. I think you all went to the bathroom before, didn't you? Where are you going? Come on, sit down. Finish, this, finish the message with me. Let's go. Sit down. Thank you. You're just distracting people getting up and running around. You're distracting me. Y'all know I got ADD and you did it to me. Come on now. Let's go. That's right. And no coffee. Strike two. Somebody else get up, see what happens. No, I'm kidding. Those are teenagers. For anybody that wants to know, those are teenagers. If you need to get up and use the restroom, I will not call you out. I will not. <laughs> I had to clarify that. Anyway, y'all are like, 
Y'all get up and go. Just go use it if you need to. <laughs> it's funny, right? Anyway, moving on. Approval comes through faith. Now, man, we are seeking it everywhere. And if you, look, when, we re, when I read this chapter and I was like, oh my goodness, by this they were approved. By this they were approved. Somebody sent me a, a, a it was Westbrook, sent me a picture of Mo, if Moses had a smartphone. Has anybody seen that generated by AI? And he's like, I'm about to part the sea. You know what I mean? Like, it's like a Snapchat text over it. <laughs> Whatever. But like, we need to analyze how society and how the structure of everything that we subject ourselves to is actually inhibiting our faith. It's not contributing to it. it the likes, the follows, the approval rating. Do you see what I'm saying? If you look at all, like, all of these like, Old Testament figures, these like giants of the faith, and they stepped into our realm, and you're like, here's a smartphone. Here's how you do this. You post. you got to get the right angle. I, I could just see them being like, you mean for the followers, or am I posting this for him? Like, is, I don't really care. I mean, I want people to see. I want people to get the word out. Like, I want them to know Jesus more, but, like, only you can answer this question. When people are liking and sharing, you see my post? <laughs> It got so many shares. I'm so excited. <laughs> no joke, though. It's like only you know if that dopamine hit is what you're going for. That fine line of being, you know, in that place where I'm faithful and I'm using this as a platform versus I'm receiving what I need from this. Whereby it, the ancestors received their approval through their faith. And it wasn't something, look, look, this is something that, and I understand the media, right, or the writing of it, yes, that is a form of it. But if you went to them in the moment, they would be like, look, I have no control over this. This is really bad. Somebody was sawn asunder. Uh, by tradition, we think that that was Isaiah. Isaiah the prophet sawn in two. I mean, they, they come to this place where they had incredible faith to walk through things that we can't even imagine walking through in our day and age. And I'm sure there are other Christians around the world that face these things. But like, where does that put us? Just because we're not under heavy persecution doesn't give us a license to sin and doesn't give us a license to take advantage of glory that should have gone to God. If you would rather have that glory, if you would rather have that approval, I'm telling you, it's empty. Just send it where it belongs. He can actually, the Lord has a mechanism for receiving glory because he is. It is who he is. He is good. If we receive something on a false sense of who we are, then we are buying into the society's lie that you're good. Inherently, you're a good person. Inherently, we're actually bad. Inherently, the gospel actually condemns us. But praise Jesus. But God committed his love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We can have freedom and victory in the gospel. But that means we're here because of his goodness and not ours. And when you seek approval for your good things instead of his goodness, you're walking a fine line, an empty line, a prideful line. 
And we need to reevaluate our faith this morning. Approval comes through faith. Now, what's an indicator that we can use to perhaps get things where it needs to be? Aligning our faith and our hearts together. One indicator that, and like I said, there's other elements. Like you hear people debate about why Abel's offering was received. I don't really have a whole lot of time to go into the story. But go to Genesis chapter 4 if you don't know the story and read it today. Um, or tomorrow, you can read it whenever you want, really. Um, but the point here is that one thing that I did notice when I went back and read it is that it's expressly written that Abel's offering was of his firstlings, the first part of what he had. And Cain just gave a portion. And there were offerings back in the day that uh, farmers could give. So I don't think he was out of line doing that. I think it's the idea that he was like, this is the Lord's. There was no care or concern or faith. The indicator of him giving the first part of it is what Abel did, and the Lord received it, and the Lord approved it. So here's what I'm saying. If nothing you ever do for the Lord is the first part, that's a great adjustment to make. If you look at your week and you're like, yes, Sunday's the first day of the week, what else can you do? You're sowing into your week, church, and you're here. And all of you that are watching online, you're kind of here. Kind of. <laughs> I'm glad you're watching. Still not the same. No, but, but, but you get my point. Like, what's the next thing that you can do? Obviously, we can, we can do it with our money. We can do it with our, with our finances. We can sow in to the Lord. We can give the Lord a portion of the first part. What about our time? Yes, church, but there's more to it than that. There's more opportunities. Your conversation. Here's another one I thought about. What's the first place you go for approval? The first place you go. They were approved by faith, and approval comes. And if we take that line of thinking of what Abel did is he gave the Lord his first, I thought to myself, like, we need to get in a habit of talking about the Lord first. When something happens in your life that requires faith, it requires the Lord to work in an element or in a season that you actually don't know what you're going to do. Instead of turning to sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so or your family or your coworkers, instead of turning to your fear, I don't know what's going to happen. Or instead of turning to your shame where I know why this is happening or your guilt. Instead of turning to those, you know, your, your fear will always be there. Your anger will, maybe anger is your thing. I just get mad when things don't go right. Have you thought about that? Faith would say, when things don't go right, I turn to the Lord first. I offer him my first reaction. And here's what I'm saying, here's what I'm seeing from the text. If he gets your first reaction, what I'm telling you comes through faith is approval. So if you walk in that and you say, Lord, here it is first, you may be fine with what he gives you, and you don't have to keep going down the path of anger. You don't have to keep going down the path of shame. You don't have to keep going down the path of guilt. You can actually receive what you need from the Lord and take it and then move on in faith because the righteous will live by faith. Does that make sense? If you turn to those other things, you're not living by faith. Approval comes through faith. Hebrews 1, 2, in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. If you're a young person, listen up to this neck. Maybe you were sleeping. Maybe you got your headphones in. Maybe you tried to go to the bathroom and the pastor called you out. 
Julian, Anaya, I love you both. Verse 6, now without faith it is impossible to please him, since the one who draws near to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Watch this. If you're a young person, listen up. If you're an old person and you don't believe anymore, listen up. <laughs> the existence of God is realized through faith. And the rewards of God are dispensed through faith. The existence of God is realized through faith. And the rewards of God are dispensed through faith. We live in an age where everyone is trying to deny God's exi- his existence where people don't believe, I don't have faith. I just believe in what's in front of me. I believe in what I can see. First of all, let me tell you, like, just from experience, the Lord is real. Just from experience, I've been guided and loved, and, like, there's so much to the Lord. And once you submit to that and he approves you in that, you're going to receive more on his existence. You're going to receive more in your relationship, and then you're going to receive rewards. Like, we're not in it for the badges. Like, he's going to give you good gifts. His grace and his mercy are worth way more than dollars and cents. You understand what I'm saying? His peace is so much more powerful than my fear. Like, the peace that he gives, I'm just like, ah. It's so much greater. But, young person, look, look, the enemy is after you. Like, three conversations I had this week. With people saying, do you know they don't believe anymore? Do you know they don't believe? Like, people connected to church, young people. Look, I don't know what you're hearing at school or online or on your TikTok. I don't know. I don't care. But the Lord is real. And you're looking at a pastor that has felt him, that knows his presence, that understands he is here, and he is absolutely real. Look, he, he wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to commune with you. He wants to give you good gifts. But he has to be the place for approval first. You think those friends or the job or the career, it is, it ain't it. It ain't it. It's him. Why is it him? Hmm. We'll get there. Since God has provided something better for us, Hebrews eleven forty, so that they would not be made perfect without us. This is something that all of those that have gone before us, they are waiting on as well. They believe as well. You know, you have, the, you have the laundry list of people here in chapter 11 that have gone before us that believed all the way to the end. You know, there are people that lose their lives because of the comfort and the truth and the faith that they have and received in Jesus. Like, t- <laughs> where's the evolutionist like, that's sitting there, I'm going to kill you if you don't renounce evolution. I'm not doing it. Like, where is it? Maybe there is one. I don't know. I'm just saying. There's so many examples of Christians being like, no, I believe. And you can't tell me otherwise. There's a lot of proof. Jesus is the greatest proof. The power in the resurrection. Seen to over 500. Like, I mean, there's so many things that point to it, but ultimately it's, it's the access that the Lord has to your heart and your belief and reciprocation within your heart to him that allows the access to all the goods. 
You have to believe. You have to make that choice and that decision. But there's a long list of people who have done it before. If you notice the flow of being approved through your faith, the connection of belief in the Lord and the Lord's existence, for me, it led to the doctrine of humanity. Genesis 1.26, it says, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. They will rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky, the livestock, the whole earth, and the creatures that crawl on the earth. I love this excerpt. This is an excerpt from the Lexham Survey of Theology. I think it's really good. I'm just going to read it to you. The image of God. The image of God is the special status that all human beings have as those made to reflect our creator's character and commissioned to carry out his purposes in the world. The image of God, the doctrine of why you're here, why you were created, was to bear God's image. This is at the heart of us being faithful. This is at the heart of us walking in relationship with the Lord. The image and likeness of God, Genesis 1.26, describes the special status of the human race, male and female, as God's representative in the creative order. If you don't know this, too, if you're like, you know, I don't know, maybe you're stuck in modern-day science or whatever, like, this is really good uh, for you to explore. In Hebrew, the terms for image and likeness seem more or less synonymous. And that is how they are usually understood today. But for many centuries, that was not the case. Most theologians interpreted the image as the rational faculty of the human soul, which makes it possible for us to think in the way that God thinks. Augustine developed this further and claimed that the image of God is a reflection of the Trinity, the human mind consisting of memory, intellect, and will, all of which are necessary for it to function properly, but each of which is distinct from the others. In this scheme, fallen humans, uh, fallen human beings retain their rational faculties but lose their likeness to God, their proper relationship to God, one another, and the rest of the created order. Others have emphasized that the image and likeness of God primarily refers to the rule over the created order, and that has been entrusted to the human race, and that has not been removed by the fall. Instead, it has been perverted to wrong uses with dire consequences for the rest of creation. And I think we can see that. When a more thorough knowledge of Hebrew was recovered, the strict distinction between image and likeness fell out of widespread use. The views underlying the different uses of terms, however, remained largely the same. Some theologians who have argued strongly for human sinfulness and corruption have implied that the image of God has been completely lost. But this is a rare position. The Bible assumes that the image likeness of God is retained despite the fall, sin, and corruption. Murder is prohibited because all people bearing God's image in Genesis 9-6. In the New Testament, the same motive is given for avoiding slander, James 3-9. Fallen human beings retain the image likeness of God, but use it in order to further their rebellion against him. What should have been our greatest glory has instead become our deepest shame. We have not been reduced to the state of animals, which would have been the case had the image been removed, but our rebellion against God has made us guilty of abusing the great gift of the influence that he has, to, he has given to us. Both male and female are created in the divine image, making them equal to one another. The Bible's description of an order in creation has led many to give certain priority to the male, 
what, it, what this means for the way in which men and, men and women relate or ought to relate to one another in marriage and in the church has been the source of theological debate in recent times. But if, traditionally speaking, husbands and male church leaders bear certain priority in some way, then they also bear a greater responsibility. Sin may have entered the world through Eve, but it is Adam who received God's blame for it. Women are told to submit to their husbands, but husbands are required to sacrifice themselves for their wives. The image of God. I think it was put really well. From the perspective of you being created in God's image, you are to bear his image or reflect his image. What we saw when God chose a people, when we walked through the book of Exodus, he gave them a law. He gave them a covenant, a promise. They will be his people. This law will allow them to be the reflection of Yahweh and bear Yahweh's name. We see the continuation of that. We see how this becomes even greater in the new covenant. We see this span not just to a certain people group, but to what? Everyone. And then we see the name of Jesus. That at his name, every knee will bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. If the Lord did away with you being his image bearer, why would Jesus come to be the perfect image bearer and the perfect reflection of Yahweh? It wouldn't have made sense. But instead, he did it to reconcile you and me to himself, to give us a second chance, and that is our faith. Our faith is the idea that we are tied and tethered to him intimately. We are literally the reflection of God. You, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to uh, have all your ducks in the row. It's actually the opposite. He came because you can't. And it's not about your ability. It's about your inability. And it's about his ability to do the thing that we couldn't do. And when you put your faith and trust in him, you're approved by God because of Jesus, not because of your goodness. This idea of you reflecting the image of God, it is, it's the bedrock of it. It is the promise of an inheritance of you to be literally completely and fully redeemed and transformed to a place that you can actually reflect God's image. We are in the middle ground right now. We're in the in-between where you still got your difficulty of who you were before Jesus. You're not completely transformed yet. You're still in the flesh, right? But it doesn't mean that you can't be approved because of your faith. We got to stop looking for approval in other areas. We need to receive the approval that we need through our faith. If, if the whole goal and the whole mindset of us as human beings is to reflect the image of God and his goodness, then it makes sense, right? It makes sense of all the enemy's attempts. These are just a few. I thought of four of them here. Evolution. What does that do? It removes the idea that you're of a different order, right, than the animals. You come from the animals. Why would that be popular? Because it removes your purpose. It removes, why should you have faith anyway? Because you're just another animal. 
No, humans were made of a different order to reflect God's image. Like, young person and old alike, like, don't fall into the enemy's trap. Man, you, you guys back there. How about this one? Gr- greed. Greed. Self-centeredness. Self-love. We need to put things in order in our lives. Let's go back to the foundation, to the promise. The gospel is a good place to start. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. We are complete in him. Let's go back to the beginning. Let's go back to the root of our faith. It should cause you and lead you to being a good image bearer, reflecting who God is. If the enemy can disconnect you from your created purpose, then he will keep you from creating with gospel purpose. If the enemy can disconnect you from your created purpose, then he will keep you from creating with gospel purpose. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you don't know Jesus today, if you don't know who he is, if you've never heard about him before, I just want to tell you he loves you. He came as the son of God. He is also God. The perfect one. He did life in a way that none of us can because we're sinners. And he did it for you. He did it because he loves you. He paid the ultimate price. He died on the cross. But he proved his power over death when he rose from the dead on the third day. And all he asks is that you assign your loyalty and your belief to him. All that he asks is that you believe, you have faith. You see that, man, there is no other like him. He did what only he could do, and he did it for you, and he did it because he loves you. And if you put your faith and trust in him, he will approve you as one of his own. The Father in heaven is waiting for you to believe. It's simple for us. And very difficult for him. If you've never put your faith and trust in who Jesus is, but you'd like to make today that day, slip up your hand, I want to pray for you. I've never put my faith and trust in who Jesus is, but I want to. Maybe I've heard about him over the last few months. Maybe the Lord's been leading you to himself. If you say here, Pastor Matt, I feel like I've been seeking approval other places. I haven't been focused on my faith. I haven't been focused on putting the Lord first in my life. My purpose is to reflect him. If you want me to pray for you in that, seeking approval first with the Lord, getting what you need from him. You've been seeking it other places. If that's you, you say, Pastor, will you pray for me? I don't want it from these other places. I see that. Anybody else? I see that. All over the room. Church, you're not alone. It happens to us all. Let's hit that reset button today. Let's just take some time and pray. And remember where we come from. Remember what our purpose is. 
Thank you for watching and joining us for our church online. I pray this experience was just what you needed today. If you made a decision for the Lord to follow Christ, or if the Lord did something in your heart that was special today, we would love to hear about it. Post it in the comments, send us a message, and we'll reach out to you. Have a wonderful week, and God bless.